0: This week, I go to the past and all the way to the year 2060 with Pastor Phil Nelson. The audio is a little rough because it's Zoom, but it's still pretty awesome. Are you ready? Welcome to the Church 2060 Podcast, where we talk about all things church, where we've been, what we've learned, and where we're going. I'm Mike Hi, welcome everyone. This is episode 9 of the Church 2060 podcast and guys, I am extremely excited today because today I have my friend, brother and mentor, Pastor Phil Nelson joining me today. Pastor Phil, how are you doing today, brother? You know what? I haven't been better. I'm doing great. Doing that's great. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. How uh has has the pandemic been for you and your ministry? You know,
1: um Whenever there's a crisis and whenever whenever there's a situation, I I do believe that we have a choice in what we choose to perceive each situation uh, through the lens. You know, my wife and I started with our family and then started with our church staff. We have chosen to see this pandemic through the eyes of the Kingdom of God. That this is an, uh, an awakening and an opportunity for us to shift the way that we live our lives, and so. Honestly, it hasn't been better. I mean, it just, it really does. Perception and uh, what you put in front of you and how you renew your mind
0: and see yeah. things
1: really does impact your entire life.
0: That's fantastic. I've always been a, a believer that constraints will breed creativity and creativity mm. will breed growth. So yeah. So I love every bit of that. So yeah. as, as we get started, I don't want to get too deep in the woods before we get a chance to, to thoroughly introduce you. Pastor Phil is the lead pastor of Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio, has been for some time, and I've had the opportunity uh, to do ministry with Phil and work alongside him in the past, and uh, I'd say we've probably known each other now for 10 years or so. Since 2008, so 12. Oh my, wow. Well, I'm glad I've been a part of the 12 best years of your life. Yes,
1: (laughs) yes. And you and Patty have been a blessing. And honestly, it's been such an honor to see God uh, grow you into the man and the leader that you are, to bless your marriage and to lead you to an incredible leader in Spencer and uh, to Calvary, Uh, what God's doing. I mean, when I met you in 2008, you were very clear that you were called to plant churches and look
0: at you now. (laughs) It's Really cool to see, man. Yeah, I appreciate that, and uh, and and for me right now to do be able to do this interview with you, it's a big deal because had had God not crossed our paths, I may not be in the spot that I am right now. So your your uh, awesome. friendship, mentorship has been a big deal to me. So if you would, as we get started, would you let us just fill us in on who's Phil? How did you come to faith, and then what led you to Elevation Community Church? Yeah. I've had
1: a lot of practice of trying to summarize my testimony. Even with all the practice, it's very difficult. So I I grew up in a a dysfunctional Christian home. And uh, what I mean by that is we loved the Lord, and I knew my parents had a relationship with Christ, but they were just, uh, they were deep in uh, post-traumatic stress from Vietnam, losing their first three kids, all this stuff, and then alcohol and all that kind of stuff. So that's why i call it a dysfunctional christian home uh we were i was born and raised in woodstock illinois uh woodstock illinois the biggest thing we're known for is groundhog day uh, bill murray they filmed there
0: oh wow so, uh,
1: one important scene in the movie is when bill murray uh, jumps off the top of the building Well, that building was actually called the Woodstock Opera House, and that's where I got my start in theater, and that's really important to where I am today, because uh, I follow the path of uh, theater, performance, and directing. So anyways, I grew up with the knowledge and relationship with the Lord. I was baptized at seven years old, but again, like most of us, we just kind of uh, allow the world uh, to taint us and stain us and lead us in different directions. And it wasn't until 1998, Mike, where the Lord truly got a hold of my heart. My faith now wasn't my parents' faith. It was my faith walk. And uh, I was truly, I'll I'll never forget it. I was truly all in. I was sold out for Jesus. And I haven't stopped since. Um, 1998, I was baptized in the Mississippi a week before it froze over. So it was cold. Uh, but it was awesome. it was so awesome. And uh, uh, right before I got baptized, about a week before, I was at a, a worship conference. I just remember going forward to get grateful. And uh, I went back to the auditorium and literally just felt impressed on my heart to get on my face. And I just was laying there per, for probably some people said it was a 30 to 45 minutes. It felt like five minutes. But God was really speaking to my heart. And he shared with me, not an audible voice, but it was very clear uh, that it was God uh, speaking to me. And he just shared that I have equipped you and gifted you for the purpose to lead a worship movement that will bring impact to thousands as they learn to worship me in spirit and in truth. And so from that moment, I set out. Now, I had different expectations and perceptions of what it would look like, but I set out to follow that. So, I graduated in 2002, performed professionally at a Christian theater in Pennsylvania uh, called Sight and Sound for about four, four or five years, then got in, uh, got into ministry, uh, had a horrible experience, the first uh, ministry experience. Then um, I got connected. I think it's important to mention I got connected to Calvary Church when we moved to Cincinnati and uh, Dave Robinette, Calvary Church, has a very special place in my heart because it was Calvary that became an oasis for me. And Dave Robinette invested so much in me and became a coach in my life to where I got to know Spencer as he was growing up. Um, I definitely have some blackmail on him. Um, but, we'll do a uh, separate,
0: separate podcast to get all that. Separate <laughs> podcast, yeah. But
1: I honestly, I've been able to watch Spencer grow to this amazing man of God and leader. I'm so honored to be able to call him friend. But anyway, so then in 2008, uh, God opened the, the door and called me into worship ministry as I led this, led worship in a, a church plant led by Craig Nisley that you were involved in. Um, right. Mike, I believe, actually, you were at a different church in Milford, and and they sent a group to join Craig Nisley to help plant this church. And so I came in November, so it was probably about four to six months after you guys launched. And we moved to Elevation Community, what what is known now as Elevation Community Church. We planted in Blanchester in 2011. In 2014, our founding pastor left to Indianapolis to plant another church. And uh, about six, seven months later, the Lord uh, had to really shake me and uh, hit me with a two-by-four. Uh, to understand that I was called to lead this movement. I did not want to be lead pastor. I just wanted to lead my worship movement. But finally, he got through to say, if you're going to lead a movement, you have to be the leader. If you're not, you're not leading the movement. And so ever since 2015 now, it's been training grounds and discovering what it means to lead this movement. And God is just,
0: God's just uh, doing great things. That's fantastic. I, as you as you rec- recount that story, and I remember when you became lead pastor, there were a few of us who who were spent a lot of time praying about who should be the next lead pastor of Elevation Community Church, and then there was a few of us that really felt like God told us, "Hey, it's Phil Nelson. You might as well stop looking. It's Phil Nelson." And I remember telling you that, and you said, "No." I think actually, I think your words were, "I hate you," but if you said no. <laughs> That's not right. It may, have, it may actually, have been, <laughs> been hell no. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it was. It's been. It's been really cool to see how God has worked through all that and where He's brought you now. So, um, yeah. if, if you if you're in the area of Blanchester, Ohio, and you're hearing this and you you're unfamiliar with Elevation Church, check it out. Uh, they're doing a lot of good work for the kingdom there, led by. Pastor Phil. So, well, let's let's if you don't mind, let's transition. Now, I want to get into the the kind of the meat of what we do on the Church 2060 podcast, and we like to take a look at issues within the church and gain someone's perspective on those. So, it's it's no secret to the world that the church is in decline and has been for some time. There's statistics that that are, are painful to hear, like 80 percent of the churches in this country are either in decline or plateaued. Upwards of 5,000 churches are closing their doors every year. Those statistics are hard for me to, to swallow, which is, which is part of the reason why I do this podcast. So I like to take a, a look at an issue in every episode. Uh, I also like to get perspective on the issue. That's why I like to, to have some guests. So what my first question would be to you would be from your perspective, what do you think one of the major issues is that has led to some of this decline in the American church? Hands
1: down, healthy leadership or lack thereof. Let me just expound on that just a little bit. There, um, healthy leadership is based on calling, not career. Calling. If you are not called to lead a church, don't. If you are not called to lead a ministry, don't. Support those who are, and use your gifts to help equip and serve the local church. But if you are not called, you are going to get hammered and eaten by the organization called the church. So calling is is big. So, and then number two is care for your own health. Healthy leaders lead. If you are not healthy, you are not leading a healthy movement. Others will not be healthy. So calling and then caring for your own health. And a statistic that is staggering is in the southern. Uh, Baptist convention church denomination. Which is uh, huge. huge. Which is huge. Yes. Yeah. Large. And so all the seminaries that fall under that denomination, with every graduating class, which is probably, let's just say, in the thousands each year, only 5% of those graduates will stay in the ministry through the full career of. Their ministry to retirement. So five percent. So am I saying that those other ninety-five percent were called? Not necessarily. I would say that quite a few of them probably weren't called because you know we come, we, we're so excited about ministry and we just want to do it and we jump in and get committed and it's exciting and then we hit wall after wall and storm after storm. And we just end up uh, bending underneath the weight and throwing in the towel. When you're called, it keeps you from throwing in the towel easily. I'm not saying it keeps you from throwing in the towel indefinitely. Um, I think we've all been there. If you're a church leader, you know what I'm talking about. So if you are called, if those 95% are called, then something's missing. Why are they, why are they folding? Why are they having adultery and moral failure? Why, why are they um, burnt out and depressed? Well, it's either they're called or not called. Or if they're called, they're not caring for what matters is themselves. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind." And then Jesus said, "In soul and strength." And Jesus said, "The second is like it, meaning it's all one commandment, the greatest commandment: love others as what? As you love yourself, as Christ loves you. If you don't learn to love yourself you cannot care for yourself to become healthy and if you're not healthy you will not lead a healthy movement and if you're not leading a healthy movement you will fall you will be discouraged unfulfilled and the towels coming you know what i mean yeah well so, and i've been there the first 5 years of being lead pastor were really tough and spencer was on my staff and his wife was on my staff and Honestly, I've made a lot of mistakes, uh, very well intended. I, I never intended to to be stupid. <laughs> I, never, <laughs> I just I was learning. I didn't go to seminary for this stuff. And so I was listening to coaching. I was reading books. I was going to conferences. And honestly, the things that were being taught to me, I'm not sure if that was the best advice in the season that I was in. And that's why I've kind of, uh, I'll share with you a little bit later, why I've kind of uh, shifted my thinking of the role of a lead pastor and what their responsibilities are uh, in regards to leading the church, but more importantly, leading their staff. And I've learned the hard way. So to anybody that I have ever given a negative experience to while trying to learn, I am so sorry and uh, would love to be able to talk to you face to face and uh, ask for your forgiveness. So, but we're all growing, we're all growing. And usually it's through the mistakes, it's through the difficult things uh, that we regret, usually where we learn the most from. I
0: really love what you're saying for two reasons. One, because as a church, I feel like, when when I say big C church, I mean the church, I feel like one of the reasons why the church is in decline is because we don't learn from our mistakes. We keep doing the same thing over and over again. Like why are six out of 10 church plants failing in the first five years? Well, maybe it's because we keep doing the same thing over and over again and not ever learning from what we're saying, what we're doing. That's the definition of insanity. Right. (laughs) Just makes sense. Right. And then then the other piece that, uh, that that I'm hearing that I love is what you're saying and what you're doing is actually the, the biblical definition of repentance. You're, you're willing, you're, you're seeing what's happened and you're you're changing your mind and changing your heart about what's happening and moving forward correctly yeah. that I love because I, w- one thing I don't like, and I've even recorded a podcast about this is we feel like if we ask for forgiveness, we've repented, but the truth mm-hmm. is we haven't. God no. is looking for something much deeper and that's the, the heart that I'm sitting displayed right now. when I talk. To, re- about
1: it. to repent is a
0: step of acknowledging it, but to truly
1: repent is to go in a different direction. Right. So if you're not going in a different direction, you're just talking repentance. You're not actually walking repentance. Yeah, that's very true. In order to walk repentance, this is what a leader needs, humility. And you know what? That's a big word we use. But oh my goodness, is it sacrificial? Look at Philippians 2, where Jesus humbled himself. He He emptied himself. And every leader who is representing the cause of Christ, who is under the chief shepherd, which is Christ, is called to humble themselves and empty themselves. That's not easy to do. And so it's been a process. I'm not there yet, but I've seen the fruit of what humility can do.
0: I love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Oftentimes, I get the privilege myself as a church planter and not being a lead pastor I get the privilege of not having to be in your position, and I call that a privilege because I don't have to deal with everything you deal with. I don't have to create a staff. I can create a leadership team and plant a church, but ultimately I'm part of a staff and I'm not in your spot. So, so yeah. yeah, If you if you could expand a little bit more on that, that would be that would be fantastic. You
1: know, uh, being a senior or lead pastor or leader, you really can't put it to words and really understand. The weight of the mantle until you walk that road. And it is a lot of responsibility. It is a heaviness, especially for those who are called, who are trying to care for them and their staff and their ministry, who are taking the burdens to heart of their people, who are broken about the situations and the hardships people are faced, who are dealing with the politics of church, and dealing with uh, those who don't like them and don't like their decisions, dealing with hard realities of COVID, and trying to make the best decision possible for your church, but knowing that you can't please everybody. It's exhausting, <laughs> and I think the key is found in Christ's words when he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And so humble, healthy leaders learn from Christ, and they really make that a priority. And I can tell you, when I'm exhausted and I'm making bad decisions as a leader, that usually means I'm not coming to him and stopping and learning from him. And so, you know, the first five years of leadership was really just trying to make things happen and try to be a good leader, try to gain the respect of my staff and let's just go forth and charge the gates. of. And what I didn't realize was I was putting my staff in a mold. I was galloping over them, charging over them and trying to figure out what this role of boss meant. Many of my different coaches outside of the church would say, you're the boss. Even, let me just say, even um, very well-known Christian leaders, leadership books will tell you, you lead pastor, you are the visionary. You lead the vision. The staff is there to serve the vision. And if they're not there to serve the vision, that they, then they don't belong there. I mean, that's that's clear. That's written in almost every leadership book. And there's some truth to that. I'm not saying that. You always need someone in the driver's seat. You know, someone who's leading the movement has to be leading the vision. But what was missing was my role in regards to the staff members. They definitely, because it was projected, that there was just this expectation that what I said goes. And really, they can give their input, and they can give their creativity, but at the end of the day, it's my decision. That works in the corporate world. It does not work in the church world. That is not a healthy leader. A healthy leader is someone who serves and empties himself. And so, the big revelation for me, and the big shift in my perspective as a lead pastor, and maybe someday I'm going to write a book. I don't know. I'm, I don't have a you know, an urge to do that. But this is, this is definitely material and information that I believe pastors are going to really um, need in this time of decline in order to prevent that from happening. And so we have to become healthy ourselves, and then we have to um, lead our teams in a healthy way that we see in Christ Jesus. So with that, I'm calling it lead pastor, a new family man, I believe a lead pastor has to be a family man to the core or a family woman to the core. That starts with your personal care and health that then goes to your own family. Are you serving and leading your family well? And then the third is your ministry staff. They are not your employees. They are your family. They are your family. You live life with them. You don't just meet them in the office and then let them gather and, and socialize and become friends with the boss out in the picture, right? And they need to know that you love them. They need to know that you accept them. They need to know that you're giving them permission to dream and have a vision. You know, Mike, the majority of the people who go from church staff to church staff is really because where they're at right now the leader or their supervisor is not allowing them to use their gifting and calling to become fulfilled in what they're supposed to do. So they're going to go find it somewhere else. They're going to go find it somewhere else. And that's why so many staff that move from church to church have nightmare stories, negative experiences from the church staffs in the past, because it usually will end up in the... In, in the lane where the lead pastor did not serve his church family in allowing them and to pull out the best in them and to allow them to dream and vision for their ministry.
0: Let's take a quick break to talk about something very important. Are you a church leader that deals with the church's finances? Do you find that a good deal of time is taken up dealing with bookkeeping? It's unavoidable between giving, giving statements, bookkeeping, payroll, deductions, direct deposit, Your time is precious. It seems like too much time can be swallowed up dealing with these issues while ministry opportunities can be missed. It happens to all of us. Or maybe your situation is one where there just needs to be a change. It's a very big deal to have someone who is fully invested and understands the liabilities involved. Did you know that more money is lost through bad bookkeeping than is spent annually on global missions? That's a true story. These reasons are why I want to tell you about Evermore Financial Services. Evermore Financial is owned and operated by ministry partners. They are both church planters. And that matters because they understand the struggle and have come to specialize in handling church finances. Evermore Financial offers customizable solutions for all church accounting needs, whether it's online giving, giving statements, payroll, direct deposit, payroll deductions, housing allowance, or even W-2s. Whatever the needs are, the staff at Evermore understands and are ready to help. If this sounds like your needs too, whether it's today or three months from now, We want to talk. Your time is valuable to the kingdom, and Evermore Financial is here for you. And did I mention that the owners of Evermore Financial actually do care about the financial success of your ministry? They do. They really do. For your peace of mind, Evermore is invested in current technology to make sure that your convenience, privacy, and security are always a top priority. Through our cloud-based accounting software, you can have immediate and always up-to-date access to any of your accounts from anywhere, anytime. Your peace of mind and accessibility are important to us, so we always want you to have easy access to your books. While we can assist any business that is looking to grow, Evermore Financial Services specializes in nonprofits, particularly church planning and operations. Don't just take our word for it. Check out this testimonial from a local church. Evermore Financial Services continues to be a fantastic partner of ours. Not only are they consummate professionals in all of their interactions, but they provide us with a personal touch in helping us to manage and plan our financial strategy. Their attention to detail is a strong point in their process, and they are incredibly proactive helping us to anticipate and plan for financial events. Their integrity is impeccable. If you have a church, nonprofit, or a small business that could benefit from a financial supporter, you would be well served to partner with Evermore Financial Services. If it sounds like this could be a fit for your needs, let me know. If you're thinking that this might be a need down the road, we want to hear from you. We get it. If you have any questions or you're ready to talk, email me. I am Mike at EvermoreFS.com. That's Mike at dot scom We're looking forward to hearing from you. And in the meantime, check us out at EvermoreFS.com. That's interesting perspective because oftentimes we look at the people who go from staff to staff, the way we do people who go from church to church, thinking well they must have just not got what they wanted from that lead pastor not what they needed what they wanted and we we kind of have this thought like wow they need to actually just settle down and 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 do do some ministry somewhere but in reality it's probably coming from an unhealthy situation absolutely they most staff people just they're
1: they're not in ministry just to uh, collect a paycheck they yeah, could yeah. Uh, go somewhere else and <laughs> get and a make lot much more, more money. <laughs> so Usually their intention and their commitment is to follow the calling that God has given them. But if they can't fulfill that calling in a ministry, they're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, why wouldn't they? Right. I mean, if, if my elders in the church did not welcome my vision and wouldn't let me lead as I'm you know, relying on the Holy Spirit, I'm going to go find another
0: place where I can lead the vision and the movement that God's called me. This is such an interesting conversation because, in the, in the corporate world, when I led people in the corporate world, managed people, to think like you're talking about right now would have led to disaster. Absolutely. You, you had a, um, it was long after I was gone, but you at Elevation Community Church, you had a sermon series, once called Upside Down Kingdom. Yeah. And when I think about what you're saying, and if I tried to have ever have applied that in the corporate world, it would have been so upside down, everything exactly. would, have, would have collapsed. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, what, that's what amazes me about Jesus is he came and did everything upside down to show that his kingdom isn't about sure. how far you can get ahead in this life or how yeah. much money you can make. It's about how, how much of a servant you can be and how well you can serve your family. Absolutely. And that, you, you know, the, the calling of a lead pastor and even just
1: ministry leaders is upside down. It's just upside down because it's not about how much you do. It's really about who you are and who you're serving. And, yeah. and, and really, again, you cannot lead a healthy movement if you yourself aren't healthy. And you can't love people like Christ uh, loves them if you don't love yourself like Christ loves you and that's upside down because we don't think about that. Humility is, Oh, it's not about me. Oh, it's not about me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sacrifice everything of me. I'm going to sacrifice my sleep. I'm going to sacrifice my time so you can call me and text me anytime you want. Um, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to become a doormat and you can just walk over me because that's what I'm called to do. No, no, we're called to be healthy and full of the spirit so that we have the power and the strength to do the ministry that God's called us to do. And really, your staff, depending on your size and how many staff members you have, your staff is your main ministry. The people in the church isn't your main ministry, your staff, because they're carrying out the large picture and vision of the church. And if you don't allow them to have input and to really help mold that vision, they're not gonna own it. They're just gonna be there to support you until something else comes along that supports what they're doing and what they
0: are gifted to do. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Right. That's good stuff. You 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 mentioned what Jesus considered the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And he said, like you just said, the second one was like this, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And I, I always took that, I always thought it's almost like he's saying you want to show you love me, you want to love me, love me by loving the people around you. Love me by caring for your people that I put you in charge of. And, uh, yeah, go go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you're just driving that home. So go, go
1: ahead. I was just going to say, and here's, here's just the scary thing is to the degree of how we love ourselves will be the degree in which we love others. You cannot love others beyond how much you love yourself. Let's just be honest. So the big question as leaders, how do you view yourself? And to answer that question of how you view yourself or value yourself is how are you taking care of yourself? Because you take care of what you value most. And this may be hard for some people to hear. And it's not a, it's not a pride thing. I believe it's a pride thing if you can't take care of yourself and love yourself but it's not prideful to become healthy and do whatever you need to be healthy. Because when you're healthy, you lead healthy things, healthy things grow. You want to grow your church, become healthy first.
0: Right. Paul, and Paul talks about, the apostle Paul talks about having endurance so we can finish this Yeah, Where if we're not healthy, there's no endurance. No. Why
1: For do you best. think burnout? Burnout is one of the major problems in church leadership, if not the most. Because then once you're burnt out, you have no strength, no stamina, your passion is gone, and you are drawn to other things that draw your flesh.
0: Yeah. Physical,
1: emotional, spiritual, all yes. that it's all to the health banner. And sexual. Let's yeah. just be honest. Right, yep. right. Absolutely. That gets so many pastors and leaders. But then you, you trace it back, trace it back to any of those. Uh, situations or scenarios and it goes back to
0: a place where they chose not to be healthy <laughs> well let's let's change gears one more time yeah we're going to fast forward we, we, we all know the church is in decline and we want to curb that we want to yep. turn that around let's fast forward to the year 2060 Pastor Phil is sitting in a nursing home in a wheelchair staring at the wall and drooling but he still can think like
1: 2060? <laughs> Dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I'll be doing. I don't know what you'll do, but you'll probably you'll probably have left ministry at this point, maybe in a coaching role. But you may not be lead pastor anymore.
1: You're not we'll be, much younger than me. We'll be me. playing. We'll be playing uh, bingo together. How about that?
0: Yes, we'll have our own personalized daubers. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. So. <laughs> As we've talked about all this, the, uh, leadership and family and loving yourself and and health of a leader, in the year 2060, when you're done, yeah. and you're looking back and you say, I helped the curve. I helped reverse the process. How do you want to have left things when you're finished?
1: I want to be able to fulfill the vision that God placed on my heart in 1998 to lead an explosive worship Worship movement that impacts thousands uh, as we create as I create experiences for people to encounter the living God and to engage in the kingdom of God. That really is it. And what's really cool about it, even our discussion of learning how to be a lead pastor that's a family man is where we are as a staff. I would love to tell you that. By 2060, you know, we stayed a staff to the very end, but I don't know if that's true because, you know, as we accomplish what we set out to do, and each staff member accomplishes their calling got, got for, for Elevation Community Church, God may move them to the next thing. Right. So I told my staff a couple weeks ago, I said, look, tragedy is if you leave in a negative way where you are not able to to accomplish what God has called you and gifted you to do for this season. That's going to be a negative. Like what happened? Why did this happen? The positive is if they've accomplished, man, they've they have blossomed and they have brought so much impact this season where they're at. And now God is calling them out to another season. That's like, that's dream work, man. That's like, that's dream work. And um, for me, My staff team truly completes the vision that God gave me in 1998. And so by the time I'm drooling and out of ministry, my three things that God has placed into me is to be a spark plug, not just in ministry, but to spark things into existence, to spark creativity of how we do church. Church needs to change in how we do it. Because our culture is ever changing. Mike, that's that explains a lot of decline as well. We're not good adapters as church leaders. We need to adapt to our culture by creating experiences that the unreached are drawn to and can relate to. Spencer's fantastic at this. Then for me to show up in what I've sparked and to be able to be present and be able to help encourage and move things forward. And then the third S is to speak life. I just long to be able to spark something, show up after I, of course, led the movement, but show up and then speak life and encouragement that impact people. And so if I can do those three things, I believe that uh, I can rest well.
0: That's good. I love every bit of that. I, I uh, when, when I was uh, in the corporate world and I would have people below me get promoted and move on to do better things than I was doing. I absolutely love that. I was a lot of people were intimidated by that, but to me, that just meant that people around me were being successful. And that's what I'm hearing from you and knowing your staff is uh, as, as good as I know them. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential. I think the, the future is going to be not just well for um, elevation community church, but it's going to be well for, whatever happens next based yep. on what they're experiencing and learning and how they're growing right now. So I look forward yeah, to seeing all that and I hope in the future that the two of us get to work together again in some, yep. in some fashion, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Mike, can I add one thing? Because I know a, lot of,
1: a lot of church leaders, I mean, your main target audience is church leaders, right? Yes. Um, so I want to just speak to the church leader and just say, get to know your team, live life with your team. And in the process of doing so, ask them, what is your dream? What here in this ministry, on this team right now, what would you love to see to where 10 years from now, you can step back and say, oh my goodness, this is what I was called to do. If you do not know that in each staff member, that is your first task. Get to know that. Because if you don't know that, you cannot serve their dream, their calling, and their giftings. And so I've done that just in the past month, and it has blown my mind because now I'm able to give them what they need to accomplish what they're called. Wow, That's healthy leadership. Because then your staff will be healthy and doing what they're called and gifted to do. That's
0: amazing. I love it. Now, we've been awful serious for a while, and you know me. Sometimes I can't last 45 minutes being this serious. So I'm going to end with, with a final question. Oh, no. If Phil Nelson and his staff, Michael Miller, Brent Smith, Daniel Yelverton, Tiffany Woods. Tiffany Tiffany I'm going to leave Tiffany out of this. No, I'm not. I'm going to leave her in there because she is, She seems pretty fierce. Oh, she's – yeah. <laughs> she's, a
1: force to, she's a force to be
0: reckoned with in a positive way. If you and your staff got into a rumble – Who wins? That's tough.
1: (laughs) I would say, I would say Daniel wins. And why I say that (laughs) is I would, I'm just an all or nothing guy. Tiffany would do everything in her power. She would bring the chairs and the water and all that stuff in. She is so competitive. But Daniel would just sit in the turnbuckle and just watch everybody and just encourage, Hey, go, go, Tiffany. Hit, hit the bell. Come on, do that. And uh, he would just like, just be out, out in the corner having a ball while yeah. all of us get
0: beaten to a pulp. And then he wins. Just run right in at the end and take the victory. Oh, That's smart. You yeah. you can't fault that at all. Okay. All right. Well, Pastor Phil, if people listening to this want to get a hold of you or want to see what you're up to, how can they find you and how can they see what's going on with you and your ministry?
1: Number one is um, myelevationcc.org. Again, that's myelevationcc.org. That's our website. We do most of our resources and videos and announcements on our Facebook page, which you can just hashtag ECCBland, Elevation Community Church. You can find us there. We do live stream every single service um, on YouTube and Facebook. And so that's the best ways you can uh, do that. If you want to email me personally, just uh, email me at philn, P-H-I-L-N, at myelevationcc.org.
0: Fantastic. And and, and it it is very true. It's not just Sunday that's what's going on at your church. There's stuff going on all through the week. Uh, as we're finding ourselves trying to figure out how to manage the current situation we're in, you have, right. you have risen to the task at, 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 with you and your staff as far as meeting people where they are through the Internet. So, Phil, thank you so much. This has been awesome for me. Uh, I appreciate your time and uh, we'll talk again down the road. It's been an honor and privilege, man. This has been the Church 2060 Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and you will be notified when new episodes drop. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, I am at Church2060 online. And until next time, may hope and peace be with you.